When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hey everyone, Matt Beamer here. Thank you so much for tuning in to In the Marbles this week. We have a great show in store for you today. We're going to be talking about last weekend's virtual race at Bristol, as well as the 2021 Hall of Fame ballot, as well as auto racing news. Let's get started. Drivers, start your engines! Yeah, I just got done iRacing myself. Not so well at Rockingham in the A-Class Series, the Cup Series, but pretty well at Bristol and Street Stock, as well as the Truck Series at Chicago Land. Very tough, but very much fun and something to do during these quarantine times. I hope everybody out there is being safe and practicing good hygiene and social distancing in this whole new world we are living in with this coronavirus. Again, thank you so much for tuning in this week to In the Marbles. Uh have a little bit of an update here for you. Preston is not here again this week. Last week, uh, if you remember, he mentioned that he had some type of chest pains and stuff like that. So he went into the doctor, and he was still cleared to go to work. And then while at work, he felt some pain in his arm as well as uh, had that bad tightness of chest syndrome. And he was placed on a heart, heart monitor. And let's see. Let's get the correct verbiage here. Yeah, he was placed on a heart monitor, not like an EKG like an EMS would place you want but a heart monitor to monitor his rhythms and then he stated that he had some pain in his chest and his arm hurt so naturally they called EMS on him they took him to the test and when they found nothing in the x-rays all blood tests came back negative for blockages and again nothing in the x-rays and he's just kind of going through a rough patch here you know two weeks in quarantine with fears of the coronavirus and then this heart issue so prayers and thoughts go to Preston right now as we await his return. But just going to jump right into it. Hit the news. A little bit of news coming out of NASCAR from Adam Stern as well as Formula One here. Formula One has decided to 
postponed the Canadian Grand Prix, which is a very unfortunate thing. I always liked Canada, watching the Can- Canadian Formula One race. And that has been postponed to an unspecified date. But all tickets, if you have a ticket for that event, is still going to be honored according to Formula One and the FIA. So that's a good thing to go about and look forward to. Hopefully, I don't know what Formula One's They're postponing a lot of races, but they have a lot more logistics. It isn't just in one continent like NASCAR, one country like NASCAR. They go all around the world. So it's going to probably be a little bit tougher, I think, for Formula One to get back on track after this whole coronavirus thing is over with. But I hope to see at least some Formula One racing, and who knows? I mean, just based on what they're doing and keep postponing it, they're gonna they're not going to be able to run the whole season, nor are they, I think, going to even race the season. I'm just going to go out there and throw it out there that Formula One might just cancel the 2020 season, and it's unfortunate. Sacrifices have to be made in order to combat this thing. Adam Stern tweeted also that we look like we want to try to go back to racing here in the next 8 to 15 weeks. Now, he's also been talking to executives there at NASCAR, and NASCAR is deciding whether to have fans in the stand during these races. and So that's up for debate. I don't know what they're going to do. I know during the last fan council, NASCAR talked about how they would set it up, whether they wanted fans on every other seat, whether they wanted hands-free food serving, and I don't know exactly what they're going to do. But NASCAR is working hard, and their wheels are turning in order to try to get at least some fans in the stands during over the next course of the next few weeks. But it looks like we have broken down into four possibilities here for when NASCAR would start racing. NASCAR is looking to start either from eight to fifteen weeks back to on track activity. So that means either one or two, one of four scenarios is going to happen. If it's an eight week delay, it's going to be at the first part of June in Martinsville. That's going to be hit or miss considering I don't know whether the stay-at-home order for Virginia is through the month of June or starting or lifting in the first part of June. But that looks like where they're going to be aiming for if it is an eight-week delay. If it is a 10-week delay, it's going to start at the Coca-Cola 600 as per the Atlantic. A 12-week delay would be is still up in the air, but it's most likely going to be the Texas Motor Speedway. And as far as a 15-week delay which will start in mid-July. It looks like it doesn't say where the season will start, but it looks like the schedule may go into December. That's going to be a logistical load. We've talked about that a number of times on this show. That's going to be a logistical load for NASCAR and its teams and its sponsors, but then everything will somehow go back normal. And I I said it a few weeks ago, if they try to play catch-up, they might hurt themselves as far as NASCAR, and that goes for Formula One and Indy as well. Sometimes it's best just to cut your losses and move forward considering that we're in this whole situation together and it's not going to get any easier right now. But I don't foresee an eight-week start, I maybe a 10-week start. But then if that's the case, are they, are they going to have fans in the stands or not? I have no idea. I wish they would because I would love to go to the Coca-Cola 600. That was a marked circle on my calendar all last year. I want to go back to the Coca-Cola 600. I've only been to one of them. But we shall wait and see what NASCAR decides, and how it looks. Whether If it goes through December, that's going to be a long season and not much of a break because two months later after that, we're going right back to Daytona for the condensed speed weeks. But will that happen? We have yet to see what exactly is going to play out here as far as NASCAR and their scheduling, as far as anything in this scheduling has to do right now. And again, just to hit on this scenario, NASCAR has been discussing with track executives over the logistics of running races with no fans a further indication that 
It's going to be the most likely scenario to get the sport restarted. NASCAR may have to develop a rapid testing plan for those allowed in the shops and garage areas. That's per Adam Stern. That was tech, that was tweeted a day ago. And I must say, I we're going to have to wait and see. If I'd rather watch cars on track with no fans and not being able to go to the race. That's a sense of normalcy vice. Fans in the stands and everybody still going crazy. I don't even think the stands will be full. I think everybody will still kind of be walking on eggshells as far as that. I'll go. I'll wash my hands and do everything like that. But we, we shall wait and see. It's just one of those things right now we just got to work with and get through. The last piece of news I have is the 2021 Hall of Fame ballot came out the other day. And the way it works now, only three people are going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame every year. So you have two from the modern era, which I got the list right here, as far, and then one from the pioneer era. And the nominees go like this from the modern era ballot. You have Neil Bonnet, Jeff Burden, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Harry Gant, Carl Edwards, Harry Hyde, Larry Phillips, Ricky Rudd, Kurt Shelbedine, and Mike Stefanik. Mike Stefanik was the will and modified driver who died in a single-engine plane crash on September 15, 2019. And I think he's going to get in just based off of, unfortunately, that and, and his achievements on the wheel and circuit. But then he was also both Sherry's North champion, P97 and 98. So that is the ballot for the modern era. And for the pioneer era, you have Jeff Elder, Red Farmer, Banjo Matthews, Herschel McGriff, and Ralph Moody. And I think it should actually be flip-flopped. One from the modern era needs to get in, and two from the pioneer get in, or have three from, or keep it even, two and two. Because a lot of these names, a lot of the founders and the pioneers of the sport should be recognized in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And I feel like names like the Carl Edwards, Dale Juniors, and Jeff Burnens will get in there way before their time. Not saying that they're not worthy of being in the Hall of Fame. I'm just saying I think they should let the pioneers get in first. But that's neither here nor there. That's a debate for another episode of In the Marbles. But I'm going to go ahead and make my picks and post it on Twitter and Facebook to see what everybody else thinks. I think from the modern era, my picks are for going to be Mike Stefanek and Ricky Rudd are going to get in from the modern era. And from the pioneer era, I think Red Farmer are going to get in. So Stefanek, Ricky Rudd, and Red Farmer are my picks for the 2021 Hall of Fame ballot inductees. Other than that, that's all the news we have. Right now, we're still in a holding pattern, obviously, with everything. But we did have an e-race at Bristol, and let's go ahead and talk about that. Green, green, green. All right, so the e-race at Bristol was a fun one. A little bit of tempers flared. And an interesting thing happened, and I saw the clip of it. If you have a chance, go on there and I'll go on YouTube and YouTube Bubble Wallace Rage Quits. He got wrecked. He used up both of his quick resets. Now, the quick resets are there, increased from one to two for this weekend in Bristol because everybody is still getting used to the platform, I believe, and Bristol's notorious for wrecks. So you need those quick repairs to stay competitive. A lot of cautions in that race, but Bubba Wallace got wrecked. He got into Clint Boyer, and Clint Boyer said the funniest thing, and I want—I got a clip here I want to play for you guys about that from, from the act broadcast. I want to let you guys listen to it. Here. What happened? I got Bubba. 
<laughs> well, there's Gosh, that. Gosh, man, oh, this is worse than real life. These guys forget his 150 lap race. Come on, Bubba! <laughs> Stupid thing. <laughs> I thought that was just the funniest thing when he did that. Clint Boyer talk during any type of racing is funny. He's just so quick-witted on that type of stuff. But then he Bubba Wallace rage-quitted after he used both of those resets, and therefore, you know, pretty much he was out of the race. He, his car was too heavily damaged, and it usually takes, if your car is damaged enough, maybe 34 minutes to get back into the race after the required repairs, and then you have optional repairs. So you could be out of the race for a good 40 minutes, which is based on what I saw, maybe about three quarters of the race. So he was done at that point. He quit stating that this is why I don't take this stuff seriously and just quit his live stream and quit the race, as you would, I'm sure, in a normal Bristol race. Well, Blue Emu didn't like that, and Blue Emu pulled their sponsorship. And I saw the tweet thread, and pretty much it was a gif of Donald Trump from The Apprentice saying, you're fired. And I thought it was a joke, but it wasn't. Bluey Moves pulled their sponsor over a virtual race. I'm going to get more into that after we talk about the race. William Byron won, dominated, but he does very well on iRacing. If you're a sim racer, you get used to it. It's totally different from the real thing. I know I get that, but it, a lot of people say it's tougher. I don't know if they're just building up the iRacing or whatnot. But William Byron has the experience there in I racing in order to do well every week, and he started on the front row every time they've I raced. I rate the race like this: nine for intensity, excitement, and competitiveness, and eights for memorability and unpredictability, with an overall of eight point six. Again, it's something to keep it on. I'd much rather do this. I'd much rather look at this because this is important. Because once cars get back on track and actually start racing, Kyle Busch, Jimmy Johnson, Denny Hamlin, and all those drivers are not going to be racing iRacing unless they go in there during the week and practice and whatnot in order to, if anything, prepare for next weekend. And I think iRacing and sim racing in general is creating this bubble where everybody's focused on iRacing and e-racing as a whole. And once cars get back on the track, whether it's Indy, Formula 1, or NASCAR, all three, whenever this whole thing's over with, and that bubble's going to burst. And all the work iRacing's put into it is going to be forgotten because not really many people care about the iRacing Coca-Cola series where the top sim racers in the world race on for money for championships and you got a lot of good drivers as far as virtual drivers in there competing every weekend to win races and it's gone as far as actual NASCAR teams sponsoring them so you have Joe Gibbs Junior Motorsports Kyle Larson Racing Team Dillon Esports William Byron Esports Clint Boyer Racing Renegades, Roush Fenway Racing, Stuart Haas Esports, Wood Brothers Gaming, you ha- and Denny Hamlin Racing. You have all these guys putting money into this because it, it is somewhat, I think, more challenging than to watch than actual cars. I'm, I mean, I, I'm speaking for no experience whatsoever. But I really think once this goes away, this whole invitational for that, I think the drivers have actually raced in the NASCAR iRacing series are going to suffer for that. Last year's champ, I believe, was Zach Novak, and he he just races in a regular sim rig, but he does like like I have a desktop rig. And these guys are good. I think these guys are going to actually be the after this is over the victims of 
this whole bubble bursting. And I personally think these guys need to race against those in the Invitational Series and see who can actually beat the best actual NASCAR drivers. I think that'd be more fun and more of a challenge for the guys that just get invited and don't know what they're doing and just play a video game because at the end of the day, that's what it is. But I think that's that's kind of what the big deal is going on right now is just that we have this whole mindset that this is going to be lasting forever, and obviously it's not. Once we go back to real race, and I think iRacing's bubbles and eSports bubble as a whole is going to break because everybody's going to want to go out and have that interaction with NASCAR, what that's known for. And that's just my two cents on it. Let me know what you guys think with our so- in our social media. If iRacing is going to keep going, or if it's just going to be a nice little afterthought. Oh, hey, by the way, this guy won the iRacing Championship. It'd be an interesting debate, and I wish we had one here with Preston because I would have asked him the same thing. But before we get going here, we're going to hit our final thoughts in this week in NASCAR and our Driver of the Week. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go, one lap right here. All right, so if you're a longtime listener to the show, you know you probably noticed that last week we did not have our Driver of the Week in this week in NASCAR. And so we're going to go back to this week in NASCAR. It's actually this day in NASCAR in 1984, April 8th, 1984, during the spring race at North Wilkesboro Speedway. It seemed that Ricky Rudd would take home the lead win after leading 290 laps. However, Tim Richmond took the lead of the Northwestern Bank 400 on lap 373 and led the final 28 laps of the race. It, and it was Tim Richmond's lone win in 1984. And then for our driver of the week this week, we're going to go to our 2021 NASCAR Hall of Fame ballot and say that Red Farmer is our driver of the week. He's from Nashville, Tennessee, was born in Nashville, Tennessee, I should rather say, but is a member of the famed Alabama gang. He has uh, three late model championships to his credit from 1969 to 1971, winning three in a row, and was a NASCAR modified champ in 1956. He's best known for his short track achievements with victories ranging from 700 to 900, mostly occurring to the late 1950s and early 60s. He has 36 cup starts over 13 years, with his first start coming in 1953 at the Daytona Beach Circuit, the three-mile circuit, which was half beach and half asphalt there in Daytona, Florida. And his last race was in the 1975 Talladega 500. Red was also involved in the 1993 helicopter crash that killed Davey Allison where he was going to go watch testing with fellow Alabama gang member Neil Bonnet. Suffered a broken collarbone and fractured ribs from that crash and was listed in critical but stable condition when the death of Davey Allison occurred. And that is this week in NASCAR and our driver of the week. We apologize. We didn't do it last week. It was a quite an oversight, if if I were to say so. And, folks, that is about it for this week's episode. I'd like to thank everybody for taking their time to listen to this week's episode. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, if you already haven't, to get the latest updates for the world of auto sports and see if we're going to go racing this weekend. And as a final thought, keep Preston and his family and your thoughts and prayers as he goes through this difficult time and unknown time. I'm sure he's quite nervous, as he should be. For Preston Lude, who is not here, I am Matt Beamer. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 